All right, thank you so much, Pastor. Appreciate the opportunity to be able to share the word tonight. And I just want to say also, I really enjoyed the being back in church this morning and seeing many of you, and looking forward to seeing many of you in the future as well. Well, tonight we start a new section in our Sunday school, and as you, it's called Know Jesus and Know Joy. And as, you, uh, as Pastor mentioned this morning, he talked about it towards the end of his message about having peace in Christ. And peace in Christ leads to joy. And so as we look at those things tonight, tonight's unit is specifically called the Jesus-focused life. See, we just need to have Jesus first in our life, just as our theme is God first. We need to have Christ first in our life, and it's a daily decision and really a minute-by-minute decision in our lives to have Christ first. So I'd like to begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll get started in the Word of God tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for the privilege to be here and speak tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would bless this message, and Lord, speak through me. Help me not to say anything I shouldn't, and Lord, just keep me focused on the Word of God tonight. I pray if anybody listening or uh, tonight doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that you would make the Word very clear to them tonight, and the Holy Spirit would work in their life and lead them to you and to decide to trust you as their Lord and Savior. We thank you now. Be with us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as we begin tonight, and our first slide talks about giving an example of someone that reacted to difficult circumstances in a way that impressed you. And then it says also on this slide, what were the circumstances and how did the person respond to them? Well, in our church specifically, um, I would like to, to thank those that have gone through the trial of losing a spouse. I think of pastor, I think of many others in our church that have lost a spouse and I just see them staying focused on God and looking to God for answers and looking to God for comfort and trust. And I just, I just really have been moved by that. And uh, again, just an extremely difficult circumstance, but seeing the way that they have handled it and the way that they have gone forward for the cause of Christ. So those of you that in our church family that have lost a spouse and you've stayed focused on God, I want you to know You've been an inspiration to me in my Christian walk and have helped grow and build my faith. And then at the bottom of this slide, it says, uh, today we're going to look at how the Apostle Paul responded to difficult circumstances in a way that brought glory to God. See, through all of our circumstances, whether they be good or whether they be bad, the glory is supposed to go to Jesus Christ. And um, if we keep that in mind, uh, sometimes it's uh, it's just uh, a reminder what um, we need to do in our life. And I think about right now, you know, we have the, we have the COVID-19 we've been going through, and then we have the unrest in our country, and really how we react as believers and how we show our trust and faith in God will help others, other Christians, first of all, in their faith, and then it'll help non-believers to see that we have something special in our lives and that special thing is Jesus Christ. And so as we look tonight uh, at the Jesus-focused life, uh, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1, uh, and verses, the whole chapter really, verses 1 through 30 tonight. And you'll see here that the family thing, theme is to live is Christ. And of course, we're going to get to that verse tonight that talks about that, where Paul said uh, to, to live is Christ. And so the objectives of our lesson in the next slide here are to know that the very focus 
and meaning of the life for the believer is found in Christ. See, that's where I find my meaning, is in Jesus Christ. And then think, the purpose of my life is to bring glory to Christ and, of course, to our Heavenly Father. And so when I think about bringing glory to God in my life, the only way I'm going to do that is by walking as closely as I can to Christ and to allow the Holy Spirit, allow the Trinity to work in my life uh, for good. And then do, it says, to live each day in a way that is worthy of Christ and his gospel. Uh, Live in a way that's worthy of God. As we move forward here, our next slide is just a timeline of some things that were going on around the time um, this book was written in AD 62. And so as we look at that, of course, Paul is the author, and then we'll jump right into the lesson now. Um, First point here is that God's redemptive work will be brought to full completion in us. And let's look at the first 11 verses of the chapter, and then we'll just get into our study tonight. Uh, It says in verse 1 of chapter 1, it says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident, it is meet for me to think of this, you all, because I have you in my... Sorry, I messed that up. Let me go back to verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And then verse 7 says, Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, and as much as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more, and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. So as, as Paul starts out this passage and starts talking about uh, living the Christian life, of course, Paul is, uh, of course, prisoned here, and he writes out to all the saints. In verse 1, he talks about all the saints in Christ Jesus. Um, you and I, if we're believers in Jesus Christ, we're listed as a saint here. So he's writing, Paul is writing to the believer here. And he, ta- and he says in verse 3 that he thanks God upon all his remembrance um, of you. And then he says in verse 4, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making request with joy. You know, as Paul thinks, uh, one, of the, one of the things we see in Paul, and I, I want to point this out as we start, let's go ahead and go to, go to that next slide, if you would, Mark, where it says, Paul encouraged these believers to continue their partner, partnership in the advancement of the gospel and to allow their love to continually grow so they would continue to mature in their faith and holiness and bear fruit for God's glory. You know, as we go forward in our Christian walk and we share the gospel and we tell people about the Lord and they trust Jesus Christ as their Savior, there's probably nothing more important after that than to disciple them. Somebody discipled you and somebody discipled me. I can think of the different people that discipled me in my life. 
Um, I think about uh, the Awana leader that led me to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was discipled in the Awana program as a child. And then a small Baptist church that I went to in Parker, Arizona, really the first Bible preaching church I had ever uh, actually attended worship services at in Parker, Arizona. If everybody showed up on a Sunday morning, we probably had 50 people there. Didn't have a permanent pastor. There was an interim pastor that traveled from Kingman, Arizona over to Parker, Arizona. And, and, but yet he spent the time to get to know people. And the people in that church were truly cared about each person. And they, 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 they guided me and they directed me. And I've, I've told you the story in my salvation story of the little lady in that church that told me I needed to go to Bible college. First time she told me that, I thought she was crazy. And then as I, she just said it over and over again, every time she'd see me at church, and finally the Holy Spirit started working on my heart, and that lady had a big um, impact in my Christian walk. And then I think about as I went to Bible college and I met my wife, here I met a, a woman that had been in church from the time she was born. Her parents were Christians. She knew the Bible inside and out, and I think the Lord used her to help me grow in my walk and to be able to talk to her. And then, of course, many of my professors and different people at Bible college that were able to lead me and guide me in my walk. I think of my Greek professor. I took Greek one year at Bible college, and it was probably the toughest course I took. Uh, but I remember him, his Bible was only, he didn't have a Greek-English New Testament in our Bible. He had just uh, a Greek New Testament. That was it. He read right out of it. And it impressed me that he knew his subject so well, even though I don't think I studied, uh, studied to be approved in my Greek class. <laughs> but I was impressed by my professor, and he taught Sunday school as well. And, uh, but just different people in your life that lead you. And Paul here leads these group of believers, and he, he, he shares with them uh, that he, he talks about, in verse 3, we mentioned it already, that he thanks God upon every remembrance of you. And then he says, always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. If you think about what pastor focused on this morning, focused about talking about prayer and praying for one another, how much have you lifted up uh, believers in the church this week? Uh, I know if I look back, I've, I've lifted believers up in the church, but probably not as much as I should have. And I think about different believers that, that, that we lift up and our pastor we should lift up in prayer, the different people in the church. Um, uh, and, as, and just different things, and we lift one another up and look to them. And then in verse 5, he mentions, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day and now. And then he says in verse 6, a very important statement. He says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I, I've read a lot of commentary on this, but I, I believe he's talking about more than one thing here, but definitely he's talking about our, our redemption uh, you know, we're saved and we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, and we're going to be redeemed in the day of Jesus Christ, and we're going to have that day where we go to heaven. Our la as Pastor often says, our last breath here is our first breath there. And as we look at that in our Christian walk, but Christ has begun to work in every believer. From the time you get saved until we end up in heaven, Christ is working on us. And uh, you've heard people say that we are a work in progress, and that's very true. Um, we have not attained. I'm not a perfect, I'm not perfect by any means. I'm still a sinner. And I've talked about before I was saved, I was a lost sinner. Now I'm a saved sinner, but I should be growing in uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. I should be maturing and every believer should be that way. And so as we strive to do that, Paul says in that verse, being confident 
Being confident in who? Myself? No. Being confident in Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible is talking about here. And it says in verse 7, Even as meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, and as much as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. Uh, what, did, what did Paul mean by all this? He says, it's, it's, he says, I have you in my heart. You know, as a Christian, we should have other Christians in our heart. And what does that mean? That means you're concerned for the very best for them in their Christian walk. And, and as you look at that, Paul says, as much both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. In other words, you're involved doing this thing with me. See, we, we got to come back to church this morning and fellowship with one another, other believers. And we got to encourage one another, and we got to hear a, a message from the Word of God. But we're all in this together. We're unified in one cause, and that cause is Jesus Christ and souls of men. And so as we look at that in our life and we say, you know, we have to see the urgency of, of a person that's going to die and go to hell. We have to see that urgency as much as if somebody was in a restaurant. Let's say you were in a restaurant and somebody was choking to death. And the urgency of getting whatever they were choking on out so that they could breathe, that should be the urgency that we seek souls. And i got to tell you, I'll be the first one to admit that I don't always seek it with that kind of urgency, like the person is literally choking to death. And uh, we need to see that. Uh, and and uh, I think Pastor asked a question this morning, who knows somebody that still needs Jesus? Well, we all do. We have family, we have friends, and of course many strangers that need Christ as their Savior. In verse 8, uh, Paul says, For God is my record, how greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ. You know, that, that word bowels is, is very interesting uh, when you think about it, but that just means, he says, how greatly I long after you, that's just how strong it is. And he's longing for the other believers because, of course, he's held in bonds. He's, he's imprisoned here. And he says this in verse 9. He says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. And then he says that you may approve things that are excellent, uh, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. Well, what things are excellent? Well, the things of Christ, the things in this book, in this precious book that God's given us, those are the things that are excellent. Uh, you know, we saw the songs tonight and the video tonight talking about Christ dying for us on the cross, talking about how much our Savior loves us. And he, and he says here to be sincere in that. In verse 11, the last thing we read here was that being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God. And, you know, when you think of the fruits of righteousness, you can't help but think of the, of the fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned in Scripture. And look what it says at the very end of this verse. It says, which are by Jesus Christ and the glory and praise of God. Remember what we're talking about tonight, our life being a testimony and a glory to God. And so all things point to Jesus Christ, and that's what this is talking about here. And as, as we look um, to our next slide here, um, Paul talks about continuing to grow in love, faith, and holiness, and bearing fruit for God's glory. Well, what's the fruit you and I are going to bear for God's glory? Well, it's going to be telling other people about Jesus Christ. It's going to be people accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's going to be after they accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, you or I are the ones to disciple them and bring them to a point of maturity. See, 
Other Christians put up with me when I was an immature and a, and a baby Christian, and they allowed me time to grow in my Christian walk. And see, we need to repay that and do that to other Christians so that they can grow in their walk with them. It says, the uh, first question it asks on this slide is, what does it look like to be partners in the gospel with other believers? Well, for one thing, I mentioned it earlier, be unified. What's our unification? Jesus Christ. And then die to self. That's hard to do. Uh, we're selfish by nature. And to die to self means I care more about the other person than I do myself. And then um, I put down here uh, worshiping together as well. Uh, when we're partners, we're worshiping together. We're on the same page. And then it asks the second question here. What can believers do in order to keep growing in your Christian maturity? All some common things that you would think of. Prayer. Uh, of course, devotion time. Pastor encouraged us several times this morning to be in our devotions, to have a time alone with God. See, we can pray in a group. We can pray before our meals. We can pray. But we have to have that time, that one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus Christ. And you know, that's one of the blessings of this COVID is that we've had the time to focus on Christ. Have we done it? Have we spent it? Well, if I had to be honest, some days yes and some days no. But you know, I have been able to spend more time in the Word. I've been able to spend more time with my Savior, praying for other people. One of the first things I did in this COVID situation was I got my prayer list out and I, I cleaned it up. I added the names and I was surprised by the time I was done redoing my prayer list, how many people I had on there. Um, you know, it, 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 and of course the number is not the thing, it's that you're looking at other people and looking at their needs. And so prayer, devotions, time in your Bible, set, set aside to study the Word of God. And then the last thing I wrote in this section for this slide was set goals in your Christian life. We set goals for everything else. We set goals for retirement. We set goals for where we want to be. We set goals for maybe something we want to attain, whether it be a house or a car. And we set all these goals maybe in our professional life. But a lot of times in our Christian life, we don't set goals. Well, uh, you know, what's, what's a goal that you would set in your Christian life? Well, one would be to pray more. One would be to spend more time in the Word. Another would be, God, give me someone I can witness to every day. God, give me somebody, or, you know, maybe it's how many tracks can I pass out? Maybe set a goal. I want to pass out 10 tracks every day. I want to pass out 20 tracks every day. Maybe you set a goal that, hey, I'm going to speak to that neighbor about Jesus Christ, the one that I know that needs him the most. Maybe it's going to be talking to a family member or sending something out to a family member. Maybe it's going to, uh, you know, just be reaching out to people. But set goals. Uh, we have to set goals in order to attain them. And then let's look, we'll go ahead and go to our next slide and go to our second point here which is we can advance the gospel by the way we respond to our circumstances. And, and before we even jump into this scripture, I want to talk about it. We're all going through the same circumstances as everybody else in the world right now. We're going through COVID. We're going through, in our country, in America, we're going through uh, uh, really just a, a time where there's a, a division and not unity and all those kind of things. But whether you believe it or not, somebody is watching your life as a Christian and they're watching how you react to it and whether you truly have faith and trust in your God. And see, by the way we act and the way we, we look to our faith and trust in God, and then the way we respond to other people during this time. Uh, you know, Pastor mentioned the, the lady that he, in Albertsons that he, he, he ran into about the chicken and different things. I've, I've seen a lot of people frustrated. I had to go to the uh, eye doctor last week, and they, they, they were... They were uh, 
they had us outside in queues uh, waiting for our appointment. And then you'd get called inside. When I got called into the actual waiting room, there was only like four people in the waiting room and we were spaced out. And I remember that we were filling out some paperwork and the, the one lady was sitting over uh, not, not too far from me, probably about 12 feet away. And she's filling out her paperwork and she tried to hand it to the nurse and the nurse said, hey, you missed something. You missed some spots here. And the, and the lady all of a sudden just goes into a, the, the, the patient goes into a screaming uh, fit about um, she can't see well enough to do the forms and all that. And I was amazed. I was amazed by the calmness of the nurse. And she just said, well, that's okay. We'll help you if you need help filling that out. Don't feel stressed. Don't feel upset. Uh, so we will, we will help you. And I was very, I, I, I told the nurse afterward, I just said, hey, you did, you did a wonderful job with that lady. I mean, because really, the nurse didn't do anything to provoke the lady, but the lady just was frustrated, you could tell. And I was, I was impressed by the way the nurse handled her. And I have no idea if the nurse was a Christian or not, um, but she sure, she sure uh, handled herself very professionally. So we can advance the gospel. How? By showing people our trust and faith lies in Jesus Christ, regardless of the circumstances in our lives. That we look to him. We don't fall away when things get tough. We look to Christ. And uh, that's what we need to do as Christians. And then um, let's go ahead and read these verses, verse 12 through 20. And it says here in verse 12, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the thing which happened unto me hath fallen out, rather, under the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. Verse 14 says, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Verse 15 says, Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of good will. Verse 16 the one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. Verse 17 says, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Verse 18 says, what then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached and therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Verse 19 says, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation, through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And verse 20 says, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Well, let's take a look there. Um, let's go ahead and go to our, our next slide here. It says, Paul rejoiced that God's life-changing truth was proclaimed to unbelievers whether they preached Christ out of envy and faction or out of a love for Christ. You know, Paul just re rejoiced that the gospel's being pre preached. And, and, you know, I thought about, I have heard more people listening to services online that would don't really want to step into a church, but they'll look at a service online, and, and several of those people have come to know Christ as their Savior uh, through this time. And as I think about that, we should be happy that, you know, this, during this trial, during this circumstance, God's going to use it for his glory and for his good. And you think of how much the word of God is out there now online, even more so than it was before. And, and it's just amazing that, um, that, uh, that this is happening. So Paul says, he says, hey, I'm just glad 
that, that it's being preached. Regardless of how it's being preached, I'm glad it's being preached. And you'll see a doorpost here. Uh, that's our next slide. It says, Paul in, in, Paul's imprisonment because of his faith in Christ illustrates that we are engaged in a spiritual warfare. You know the Bible verse that says we war not against flesh, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. There is a spiritual warfare, and you and I should feel it every day. When we go to proclaim Christ, there's going to be somebody that, you know, that Satan's not wanting that person to hear about Jesus Christ and he definitely doesn't want somebody to become saved. And then once a person becomes saved, Satan does not want them to become a, a grounded believer in faith. They may be saved, but he doesn't, once he loses their, their soul and, it goes, and they're, they're now a, a believer and a child of the kingdom of God, he doesn't want to see them tell others about Christ or you and I tell others about Christ. And so he's going to do everything he can. But if you look in this um, thing, in verse, uh, we, we talked about in this section in verse 12, it says, but I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather, look what it says here, under the furtherance of the gospel. Are you and I in our Christian life trying to further the gospel of Christ? How do we do that? Well, through everything we look to Christ and we lead others to him. We're just guides in this life. Our guide is to lead people to Jesus Christ and then to see them grow in their walk with him. Uh, verse 13, look what it says here. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest, look what it says here, into all the palace and in all other places. You know, palace would be a tough place to get the gospel. Imagine today in the United States, if you decided to walk into the White House and share the gospel with, with the president and all the other people that are there, you wouldn't make it past the Secret Service. You wouldn't make it into that queue. So Paul says, because I'm in bonds, because I'm in prison, Christ is being preached in the palace and in all other places. And so that's a pretty amazing thing. And then verse 14, he says, look what he says because of this. He says, many of the other brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. In other words, because Paul was brave and he, said, he preached Jesus and he got put in prison, the other believers saw that he was put in prison and, and that he's still going for Christ, he's still living for Christ, he's still talking about Christ, and that gave them confidence to speak without, you know, to be confident in speaking. You think about how, um, I can't think of a better word, how chicken the, the, the disciples were uh, at times when Christ was on earth, and Peter being one of them, but look at what happened after Christ ascended back into heaven, and we have the day of Pentecost, look how powerful Peter became when he realized that his Savior died on the cross for his sins, he rose again, and then he ascended back up into heaven and that he was preparing a place for them. And he saw the death of Christ, and he saw Christ go through what he went through on the cross, and he became empowered and emboldened to speak Christ regardless of what was going to happen to him. And that's the way you and I have to become. Uh, Pastor mentioned it today. There's, there's going to be a time when they're not going to want churches. They're going to want churches to shut down. There's going to be a time, uh, we already see it happening in our country, where people don't want to hear, even more so now, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as believers, we're going to have to become bolder. We're going to have to become stronger in our witness for Christ. We're not going to be able to uh, let the, dictate, uh, the, the government dictate where we go with that. We have to be obedient to our Savior and to our Heavenly Father. And then... He says in verse 15, he talks about the different ways that the, 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 the different ways that are preached. 
Um, but in verse um, 18, he says, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. So he says, hey, regardless of why Christ's name comes up and why he's preached, I'm going to rejoice in that. And one of the things I, I see with the COVID-19 and the different things going on, people are open to, the, to, to why, why am I here? How did all those worlds start? What's going to happen after I die? And all those things. And so that makes them, uh, I haven't seen it like this since after 9-11. 9-11, it was like that. People turned to the Lord and looked to him. And many people are asking life questions, the tough life questions, like, what is this all about? And so for you and I, that gives us an excellent opportunity to share the gospel with them and to give them the hope, the perfect hope that you and I have. And again, not to be selfish, again, think back to that example. If somebody was choking in a restaurant and you can do the Heimlich, you're going to do everything in your power to help them to dislodge whatever's choking and when somebody's going to die and spend eternity in hell, we need to see the urgency of sharing Christ with them. And then he, he mentions in verse 19, he says, I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. See, God's not going to ask you to do something that you can't do without the equipping of Christ, without the equipping of the Holy Spirit in your life, and without God helping you as well. Um, uh, we were at the men's prayer breakfast, we were saying some of our, uh, our verses, and the one I mentioned was James 1.5 that says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who give to all men liberally. And then the one I mentioned, the one in Timothy that said, uh, God, not, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. See, that's a gift of God there, to have that and to do that. Um, and, and just looking forward to that, and he talks about boldness again in verse 20, and he says at the end of verse 20, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. See, that should be our goal, whether we live or die to bring glory to Jesus Christ. And um, go ahead and go to the next slide, please, Mark, if you would, about the after the doorpost to the responding to life circumstances. It says, Respond to life circumstances in ways that glorify God and point people to Christ. It's, it talks about what is one negative life situation that you have personally experienced and how did you get through this time. Well, I wrote down in, in my life, one of the things I had uh, just a couple years ago, I had an extreme battle with anxiety. Uh, I had to turn to God. I had to look to Him and I had to talk to believers that I trusted and were close to to enable to get through that. And just basically, well, how did you do it? How did you conquer your anxiety? Well, I looked to God, and I took one moment at a time and gave it to God. I said, okay, this next moment I'll do this, this next moment and that. And I can't even explain to you the relief when God delivered me from that anxiety. I, I can't tell you the joy that was in my heart to be delivered from that. Because, you know, we look in the Bible where Paul talked about the thorn in the flesh that he prayed, and it seemed like... As I went through this anxiety, it went on longer and longer, and I prayed to God, and I just asked God for deliverance. And I knew it would happen in God's timing, but I just remember when God delivered me, and I finally had relief from that, it was such a joy in the Lord. But I look back at going through that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it, because God drew me closer to Him during that time, and He, tr he made me trust and lean on Him more than I had in a long time. And so it, was a, it turned out to be a blessing in my Christian walk, but just looking to him and just trusting in Scripture. And again, I'm all for counseling, and I'm all for believers helping each other. But again, 
If you're going to get counseling, always seek a Christian believer that's going to counsel you because they come from a biblical worldview and not, a, a, not just a worldview. They come from a biblical worldview. And that's so important because you want somebody that's on the same page as you, like we talk about here, worshiping together, praying together, and all that. All right, and then uh, it, uh, the next slide says, respond to life circumstances in ways that glorify God and point people to Christ. And then it asks this question. How can a believer prevent bitterness and anger from being present during difficult seasons of his life? Well, you do it by keeping your eyes on Jesus and talking to him. But one thing that I've found out in my life, it's okay to ask God why. You know, a lot of times we're afraid to ask God, why is this happening in life? Why, is this, why am I going through this? And you know, we may not get the answer, but it's okay to, to ask God, what, what is the purpose? But you know, this whole passage that Paul's talking about, is so that Christ will get the glory. So when we go through a trial, a tribulation in our life, a difficult circumstance, Christ is to get the glory through that. And when you think about what Christ went through for us, uh, whatever I go through is so minute and minuscule compared to what my Savior did for me. Um, and we know the neat thing is, He's going to go through it with us, and He's going to give us the tools we need to survive. So keep your eyes on Him and talk to Him. And then lastly tonight, as we look here, as uh, the last one is Christ is to be the focus of every believer's life. And that's in Philippians 1, 21 through 30. So let's go ahead and look right into the verses there. Verse 21 says, this is the, you've heard this verse quoted many times. Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And the verse 22 says, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet when I shall choose, I what not. Verse 23, for I am in the strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Verse 24, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Verse 25, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. Verse 26 says that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by, by my coming to you again. And the next verse says, Only let your conversation be it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you, or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And in nothing, terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. And basically here, uh, the next slide just says that Paul expressed his desire to honor Christ, whether in life or death. And that should be the goal of every believer, that whether we live or die, that we do that. And as you think about the different things he said in these last few verses, um, after he said that, he says in verse 23, for I am in a strait, betwixt two, having a desire to part and be with Christ, which is far better. So all of us would rather go and go be in heaven with Jesus Christ. All of us would rather do that. But then Paul says in verse 24, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So as we, as we close tonight and as we, as we end things and, we, and when we look at this, our purpose should be to glorify Jesus Christ and to point people to him. And as we do that in our walk, we can't glorify Christ until, first of all, we accept him as our Lord and Savior. So if you haven't done that, uh, Pastor 
mentioned the simple prayer of salvation this morning. And just, really, it's just admitting, you know, admitting we're a sinner, telling God that we believe that his son Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and that we need him to be our savior. When we do that, we have a home in heaven. God tells us in 1 John 5, 13, that if we have the son, we can know that we have eternal life. And it tells us that. And so let me encourage you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you could ask him right now. Or maybe you have questions about that. Feel free to contact the church and, and if you have a need like that. But remember what we talked about, giving Christ joy and honor in all things. Well, as we close in prayer tonight, uh, I want to say, uh, I'm going to lift Gary Brown up in prayer. He has surgery tomorrow morning, so I want to pray for him. Uh, we mentioned uh, Jennifer McCormick. She has surgery later this month. And so we want to lift her up in prayer as well, and we close. And then I want to ask you to pray for Jimmy Brown, one of our shut-ins. Uh, he's been back and forth between hospitals and uh, um, rehab-type places. And uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go visit him because they're not allowing people in. And uh, I just heard a phone call for him on, from him on the answering machine, and I want to lift him up in prayer as well. But let's, let's close tonight in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, first of all, I thank you for this challenge from the Apostle Paul, which really is from you. It's your word, Lord. In Philippians chapter 1 here, we thank you for the challenge of the Apostle Paul. We thank you for all you do for us. We thank you, first of all, for our salvation, your grace, mercy, and love towards us. Help us to be mature Christians and point people to you and do what that verse says, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Lord, I pray for uh, Gary Brown tonight. I pray you'd be with him as he goes through his surgery tomorrow. Pray you'd watch over him, be with him and Karen, and just bless them. Lord, I do pray for Jennifer McCormick and her upcoming surgery. I pray, Lord, that you would bless her and help her. Lord, I pray for Jimmy Brown, who's really all alone in this world, except for the believers that know him. And of course, he, has, he knows you as Lord and Savior. But I pray for him as he goes back and forth between places and pray that the, the doors will open up for us to visit him soon. Lord, I pray for Dwayne Carr. Continue to help him and heal him and be with him. Pray you'd bless him, Lord. Be with him and Teresa and Thomas. Encourage them. Lord, I do pray for our pastor. Give him wisdom and guidance as he leads this church and school. Pray you just encourage him. Lord, most of all, we're just thankful for all you've done in our life and will do. And Lord, we praise you now and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, just a reminder to uh, watch us Wednesday, uh, to watch Wednesday again on, uh, online, and then we'll be back again together Sunday morning. Thank you so much. God bless you, and have a good night.